What's going on, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's RBC Heritage. An absolute electric week at the Masters last week. Lots of great screenshots, lots of great winning wagers, just fun had by all, but there's no time for rest. We move on. RBC Heritage this week, Hilton Head, South Carolina. I actually did a little bit of a more in-depth uh, early tournament preview uh, that released on Sunday. So if you're watching this on Monday when the DFS video is released, that was yesterday. If you like that, let me know. I tried something new. I was at the the Blue Wire studio in, in, inside the win, at, in, uh, the win Las Vegas, and I, I just kind of tried something new. If you enjoy that, let me know, and I can continue to try to work them in as much as possible. But for right now, let's get after it. Harbor Town Golf Links, baby. Hilton Head, South Carolina. And this is, in my opinion, um, one of the more unique courses on the PGA Tour for a lot of reasons. It's uh, One, it's a Pete Dye design. That's not unique. But it is short. The greens are tiny. Everyone is going to have to play to similar areas off the tee. We'll talk a lot more about that in just a second. Um, there's kind of this tree-lined nature to it. So even if you're in the fairway, if you're on the wrong side of the fairway, you could have tree trouble, especially depending on where the pins are. So uh, PGA Tour players often look at the pin lo location and then work their way backwards on how they're going to play the hole. That more than ever this week because depending on where that pin's at, you've got to be on the correct side of the fairway. So you're going to hear me talk about um, different stats or really emphasize that aspect of uh, the game. If you look at the regression model, so if you're new and you're just tuning in, welcome. This is where I take the last 12 years of data, every stat on the PGA Tour, every single course on the PGA Tour, and we start to look at what stats most closely correlate to success at uh, at every single course. And for Harbortown, what you'll notice, driving distance, not a factor. Because basically everyone's going to play to the same spots. In fact, this is the fourth shortest driving distance course on tour. It's like 278 yards on average off the tee. What does that mean? Guys don't hit driver. They all lay up to kind of the same areas on dog legs. They don't want to try to bite off more than they can chew. It's a really interesting feature, and it's why we have gotten basically a lot of different golfers who can win this, right? We've seen long shots win like Satoshi Kodaira. Um, I tweeted out the historic win odds earlier on Monday morning. I mean, you can get you can get some really long shots around here because it's just a completely different class of golfer that can find success. And for the shorter, more accurate golfers that are dead, um, you know, 85% of the, 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 the tour stops on the schedule, they're very, very live here. So you basically have an entire field of golfers that are very live to win this event. Driving accuracy, ranked ninth. What does that mean? It means there's only eight other courses on tour in which driving accuracy is more important. Strokes gained approach was fifth. That means there's only four other courses on tour where strokes gained approach was more important. So we are going to focus a lot on those, uh, driving accuracy, we're going to talk about good drive percentage in a second, strokes gained approach, and we're going to talk about, believe it or not, a bucket that I like this week, which is something that I I normally do not do. Uh, that bucket is 175 to 200 yards. I think these are flawed stats. I have been on this soapbox countless times. However, on certain courses like this one and like Pebble Beach, where a lot of guys are playing from the same spot, this is more handy. And when you look at the data, 
about twice as many shots come from 175 to 200 as the tour average. So if we were ever going to use a bucket, this is the time. And then what I'll also do is I'll introduce good drive percentage this week because good drive percentage, um, it's 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 actually a cool little stat that I don't think matters except for basically here, where it says, okay, did you hit the gr the fairway in regulation? If so, that counts as a good drive. If you didn't hit the fairway, were you able to hit the green or the fringe in regulation? If so, that was a good drive. All it really says is you are not putting yourself so far out of position that you were not able to rebound and hit a green or a fringe if you did miss the fairway. When you start to think logically about it, it makes sense. It means you have to play to, uh, you have to keep the ball in play, number one. You have to keep it in play. You have to give yourself a chance. And that's what I'm looking for this week. Uh, the other thing, uh, there is a pretty big argument to be made statistically that around the green play is not as difficult here. Um, where a lot of guys are going to miss these 3,700 square feet greens. And if you do... It's not a huge deal, especially if you're a poor around the green player, because they're kind of some easy situations to get around from. So that's the um, that's the entirety of the course breakdown. Let me uh, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more. But as we go through this, I'll show you the guys who lead in good drive percentage. I'll show you the guys that lead in buckets from 175 to 200. Here's the cheat sheet. And there is actually a pretty strong field this week. Um, it's it's historically much stronger like long term this it's much stronger now than it's ever been the last four years have really seen an improvement in the strength of field numbers so the the strength of field that we're going to get this week I think it was like 415 last time I checked um, that's going to be right on par with basically the last uh, three years at this event except for 2020 this was like the second or third event back in 2020 and everyone played the strengths of field um for the first couple of events back were basically major championships so that's kind of an outlier but look at the top of the board justin thomas cam smith dustin johnson colin morikawa patrick cantley and abraham answer withdrew from this event so abe answer is not in the field and we still have a pretty stacked uh top of the board here so let's let's discuss this a little bit there's obviously an argument to be made around uh, all of these guys. You know, Justin Thomas, elite iron player who can work the ball in so many different directions. Uh, he is probably the the high risk, high reward play in this in this tier. We saw it. Um, you know, even on Sunday at the Masters, it was birdie, 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 bogey, bogey, double bogey, and then birdie, birdie, birdie. I mean, he just plays on the knife's edge. It's just all he does. He doesn't know any other way. He played here in 2020. He finished 8th. He also played here in 2016. He finished 75th. And in 2015, he finished 11th. So a bit, a bit of decent history around here. Um, I, I think he's kind of the higher risk, higher reward play. You're not going to get any argument around Cam Smith, who had a top 10 here last year, and he's the hottest player on the planet. Uh, Dustin Johnson, same thing. His results around here have been good, not great. Essentially, four consecutive top 25s dating back to 2018. The guys that I'm probably most interested in are Morikawa and Cantlay at the bottom of this range. No offense to the guys at the top. They're all good plays. That's why they're being priced in this way. But let's deep dive Colin Morikawa here for just one second and see what we can find. You know, absolutely sublime at the Masters uh, in the ball striking categories around the green. He was good. He was even a slight positive with the putter. He finished fifth. It was excellent. He has now notched a top 10 in every major championship in his career. All four of them, obviously two trophies on the mantle, but this is, this is such good play. And if I could create a course for Colin Morikawa, it would probably look something like Harbortown, 
right? I mean, this is a course that is not overly long. So the fact that he is 88th in driving distance, which is still above average, that's not going to hurt him here. But what he always does, plays from the fairway. Ninth on tour in driving accuracy, going to be critical here. Uh, obviously, then you turn this into an iron and a wedge fest. Well, that's Colin Morikawa's game, right? We know he's an absolute elite approach player and it bears out in kind of the buckets we would want it to bear itself out from I mean he's first from 100 to 125 32nd from 125 to 150 150 to 175 he's 27th 175 to 200 he's 34th 200 to 225 he's 17th I mean what I actually like about looking at the buckets here is that Colin Morikawa is just a stud in all of them right and there are you there are guys that you'll see uh, from 150 to 175, they'll be 27th, and then 175 to 200, they'll be 137th, and that's where I really have an issue with the buckets. It's like the guy doesn't forget how to hit the ball if it's four yards longer than some other bucket that he's in. So that's I, that's a huge flaw, but when you look at the buckets for Colin Morikawa, it just all points to him being absolutely elite. And the fact that he actually, um, you know, he three putts quite a bit, it's going to be a lot harder to three putt on these really, really tiny greens, right? They're just... They're just too small, right? You just don't generally the smaller the greens are on the PGA tour, the less three putts you get. If it does get windy off the coast, I trust Colin Morikawa. I mean, there's just so much to like about this. He finished seventh here last year. He's ten thousand two hundred dollars, so he's cheaper than JT and Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson. Um absolutely love it. I think he'll be quite popular. The pivot in the ten thousand dollar range might be Patrick Cantley. It's it's so funny how we're perceiving. Patrick Cantlay, isn't it? Because you'd think this guy um, has been miserable for over a year. Nobody's interested in him. Nobody wants to talk about him. He's played eight tournaments this year. He's got four top tens. Uh, finished 39th at the Masters. Gained in both ball striking categories. The putter may be a little bit of a concern. But again, how much can he lose? How much can he lose on the greens this week? I'm not sure. I'm thinking he can do better than losing five and a half or four and a half strokes on the putting surfaces like he's done at the Dell uh, match play and like he did at the Masters. So I, I I like this. And then you look at his history. Cantlay's history is unbelievable. Uh, third in 2019, seventh in 18, third in 2017. He did miss the cut here last year. That's the only time in four trips that he's missed the cut. Otherwise, it's been absolutely phenomenal. So I think he will probably be the likely pivot option because we're going to get down to some guys in the 9K range that I expect to be really popular. I know Morikawa is going to be popular. Everybody's going to go with, yeah, I mean, there's just so many great 10K plus options. I do think Cantlay is the one that comes in under-owned as I talk about this early on a Monday morning. The 9K range is absolutely stacked with great options. Um, we've got to talk about Shane Lowry. What Shane Lowry's doing right now is 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 pretty darn special. So last 36 rounds, Scotty Scheffler is the number one player on tour. That makes complete sense. He's gaining 2.24 strokes gained uh, per round. That is going to include his match play victory. It's going to include his master's victory. It's going to include everything. My database has everything in it. The number two golfer? is Shane Lowry. He's actually gaining two hundredths of a stroke per round more than Cam Smith. Smith, Scheffler, Lowry, the only three golfers over two strokes gained per round in that 36-round stretch. And I know what you're saying. Rick, 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 uh, some of those starts are DP World Tour starts. That's true. That's why I have the weighted numbers, right? So let's go over to, to weighted strokes gained, which this looks at the... Um, the strength of field amongst other factors and and weights the strokes gained. Well, even if you look at that, Lowry is, I believe, uh, let me 
deselect this field so that we can get an accurate representation here. Yeah, eighth on tour. He's eighth on tour in weighted strokes gained over his last 36. So he kind of gets penalized for those, not penalized, but those DP World Tour events are not as valuable. He's fifth in this field. Shane Lowry, the fifth best player in weighted strokes gained in this field over the last 36 rounds. That's like, what, nine starts? Ten starts? Ten starts for him? It's, it's really impressive stuff if we dive deeper into his um into his golfer profile you'll kind of see it i mean it's obviously translating into results right he played well at the masters again last week a third place finish there didn't even get out of his group at the match play top 15s at both the valspar and the players runner up at the honda i mean that is a very very stout record and he's doing it in a way that's generally very good you know he lost strokes on approach at the masters but before that he had been just constantly gaining with his irons and wedges. He's putting well. This is a pretty darn good combination of things that I would like to see uh, out of a golfer, and Shane Lowry is accomplishing all of that for $9,800. All right, so let me take a pause here for a second because there is another golfer uh, in that $9,000 range, Corey Connors, who is uh, $9,700, who leads the tour, or excuse me, this field, he's second on tour, in a stat called distance from edge of fairway. And if you noticed, um, if you go back to the course key stats model, uh, on the left-hand side, I actually list out all of the other stats that are highly correlated to success. So outside of the the standard ones, uh, driving distance, accuracy, strokes gained, I list out everything else. And some of them are very, very noisy, but this one also passes the sniff test for me because you'll see that distance from edge of fairway was a very highly correlated stat to success. And all it says, distance from edge of fairway, all that says is when a golfer misses the fairway, how far off are they, right? Are they missing by a mile? Are they missing by a little bit? And on average, Corey Connors is just missing by a little bit, 19 feet, one inch. And the reason that I like that and the reason that that passes the sniff test around Harbortown is because you have to keep the ball in play. You have to. If you're not, your toes up. Uh, Grant McDowell is second in the field in this stat. Grant McDowell's won this event. So again, we're, we're, this is all... It's all coming together, right? Look at the names. Uh, Brendan Todd, Lucas Glover, Brian Harmon, Kevin Nod. These are not your longest drivers on planet Earth. These are the guys that keep it in play. Let me scroll down to the bottom of this list because this could get pretty ugly pretty quickly. Uh, believe it or not, Oh, sorry. Uh, let me. Um, so, so if you ever see nine 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 next to, I get this question all the time. If you ever see nine 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 next to a stat, that means that the golfer does not have enough rounds to qualify, right? The PGA Tour, for sample size purposes, they have a number of rounds to qualify for stats. If he doesn't have enough this season, he gets dinged with a nine nine nine. It's not a penalty. It's just saying we don't have enough enough. Um, the worst guys in this field: Brandon Hagee, forty two feet on average from uh, edge of. Uh, fairway. Uh, just some. I'm trying to look at some notables here. T Terrell Hatton, Ricky Fowler, uh, Joseph Bramlett got in this field thanks to Abraham Answers, WD. Um, uh, Tommy Fleetwood, Dustin Johnson, Luke List. I'm just kind of looking for guys that you might end up playing here because these are the guys that, in theory, could get out of uh, could get out of position and could be in trouble quite frequently around um, around Harbor Town. So, so Corey Connors. Obviously playing well, was one of the most popular golfers on the slate last week. I, I don't need to tell you that he's a good play for this week, but like the numbers kind of bear out. Corey Connors, probably going to keep it in play off the tee. Very good iron player. Maybe putting on on um, smaller greens, maybe that gives him a hair more confidence. I don't know. Interesting. The other guys in this 9K range that are worth 
kind of some conversation here. Well, well, Matt Fitzpatrick, who just continues to pile, right? Matt Fitzpatrick just continues to pile up top 10s, top 20s, uh, a 14th place finish at, at the Masters last week. He's gone uh, four events in a row inside the top 40 here, excuse me, four years in a row, with three of them being top 15s. I, I mean, it's just, I don't know what Matt Fitzpatrick's upside is. I don't know if he wins this frequently enough for us to care about and maybe $9,500 is a guy is too much for a guy who is super super high floor but my goodness he seems to be a lock to finish like between 8th and 18th it's it's really incredible what he's been up to um Jordan Spieth let me bounce back to that stat real quick so I want to see where Jordan Spieth ranks on distance from edge of fairway because I think a lot of the conversation could be hey Spieth is, is capable of spraying it and the 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 distance from edge of fairway stat would also agree 137th on tour for Spieth combine that with uh suspect putting I think is a really nice way to put it right here's Let's see what Spieth's done with the flat stick over the past couple of weeks. I can tell you, I can foreshadow for you. It's not, it's not going to be, it's not going to be pretty. Lost 1.3 at Augusta National. That's a concern. Lost seven the week before, five and a half at the match play, two at the players. Um, had one of his worst approach rounds ever uh, on his in his career on on Friday at the Masters. Misses the cut there, so he lost three and a half strokes on approach over the course of the week. When you combine all of that. Um, with kind of a, a $9,200 price tag and, and not particularly great history around this event in recent years, right? So 2020 went 68th, 54th it was um, in 2019. In 2015, when he was like the best player on planet Earth, he finished 11th, he finished 12th in 2014, 9th in 2013. I think we can all agree he's kind of a different player um, now than he was when he was literally the number one golfer in the world. So I will just take a... Take a pass on uh, Spieth this week and, and figure it out later. The rest of this 9K range, uh, I think Russell Henley is on the surface somewhat interesting for a course that does not require distance but is much more um, precision-based. And I, I think that generally sets up, sets up well for him. I, I would be a little bit concerned about this. So this is the, the trends tool. Um, who's hot, who's not. It compares whatever number of rounds that you want compared to the 100-round uh, baseline for each golfer and Denny McCarthy is the quote hottest $9,000 golfer the concern is that he's so he's about three quarters of a stroke over his baseline half of that is coming from around the green a quarter coming from the putter that is a little bit concerning I guess you could argue it's a positive because he's you know doing better in the areas that he's weakest in but I do have a little bit of worry about that not enough for me to make a decision one way or another on him whether I'm either going to play a lot of him or play a little bit but just a thought in the back of my mind that maybe if I was um if I was splitting tie or uh yeah splitting ties a little bit that that might come into play the $8,000 range leaves us with Webb Simpson, who I think is going to be uh, quite popular. Obviously, the win here in 2020, he's got a bunch of top 10s, 9th last year, 5th in 2018, 16th in 19, 11th in, in 2017. I don't know why I read those out of order, but I did. Um, you know, it's not been good, right? It's not been good for Webb in 2022. And even coming back from injuries played a handful of times, we're not really seeing the metrics that you'd want to see from Webb, which is stellar approach play, stellar around the green play, stellar putting, we're not seeing it. He's not been horrible. It just hasn't been good. But I'll tell you what, um, 
there are the five or six web courses on tour that I would probably not want to bet against them. This is obviously falling into that piece of criteria and it's just a, you know, a less than driver course that asks you to be good on your wedges and your approach play and putt well. And he's got great success around here. I'd be willing to take that flyer on an $8,800 web Simpson. Then, you know, kind of a different flyer on some of these other guys. Um, my, maybe my favorite play in the eight, in the eight thousand dollar range is Alex Norin, one of the few guys, maybe the only guy, him and Chris Kirk, the only guys in the eight thousand dollar range that did not play the Masters. Alex Norin, right? Like, don't forget about Alex Norin. Um, actually, let me just do the power rankings. Raw data last. Uh, I guess I'll just leave it at thirty six rounds in this field. Where does Norin? appear uh 22nd alex norris 22nd in this field over the last 36 rounds if you dive deeper into his golfer profile 36 rounds might be too many if you look at 24 it might be uh pretty darn good as well so yes yeah, so this would be one two three four five like six events so i bet, I bet you last 24 let's see what he is so norin is 22nd in the last 36 rounds, the last 24 rounds, he's sixth. Yeah, that's what I thought. So so getting much, much better there. And you can see it is um, played well at the match play, didn't get out of his group. Uh, played well at the Valspar, finished T12. Finished T5 at the Honda, T6 in Phoenix. And if you look at what he's done here, he's played here three times. 2019, 2020, 2021, no worse than a 28th place finish. In fact, all of those finishes between 21st and 28th. Let's look at his metrics here just a little bit. Uh, he's not as good in that 175 to 200 yard range as I would like, but he's okay. 85th on tour, which is probably in this field. It's probably half of that. It's probably like, like 40th. I wish he was a little bit more accurate. Uh, with the drive, let's actually see where he ranks in distance from edge of fairway. Um, who am I talking about? Alex Norin, 79th on tour. So in this field, that's probably, again, like cut it in half. It's like 40th probably. So, um, okay, not not the worst thing I've ever seen. I wouldn't mind that at $8,300. Don't particularly love the rest of this $8,000 range. I would not mind. Um, I mean, Tommy Fleetwood's been pretty darn good. Uh, I'll give him credit for that. He's, he's playing much better. I wouldn't mind a, a, a well-rested Chris Kirk who finished seventh here last year, but the $7,000 range is probably more interesting to me. Matt McNeely has my full attention. So I've been kind of on this little verge of Matt McNeely being like, yeah, he's really taking a lot of uh, gains in his game recently. I think he's taking a very strong, step or two or three forward finished fourth here last year made the cut in 2020 the thing that I find most interesting about Maverick McNeely um so let's go back to this idea that you know you don't have to be a super strong around the green player here and what you'll see is if you go the last 36 rounds for everybody in this field Matt McNeely is 11th in strokes gate 11th the big red mark on this profile is around the green. He's losing a quarter of a stroke around the green. Well, if we think that it's going to be harder to lose strokes around the green here, because these shots are a lot more straightforward, even, or even the, the weaker around the green players are going to be able to get up and down more frequently. If he's just a neutral around the green player, that kind of bumps him to 1.4 strokes gain per round puts him in kind of the Russell Henley territory it puts him in as kind of maybe the fifth best golfer um in this field over the last 36 rounds I, I think that that combined with the anecdotal evidence of 
the top 10 last year and the uh, or the top five last year and the made cut the year before that this might be one of the better spots for him. If you also run the comps to Pebble Beach, McNeely's going to show up there as well. Again, there's a little bit more to the Pebble Beach situation with McNeely because he has a house there, right? Or grew up there or daddy's got a, I don't know what the situation is, but he's played there a lot, I guess. Um, so weigh that, but I think that there's enough to be interested in McNeely here. Adam Hadwin is also here, $7,600. Love Adam Hadwin. Did not play the Masters last week, did not qualify. Uh, but remember the three consecutive top 10 finishes at the Players and the Valspar and the Valero Texas Open. The other thing that you like to see about um, Adam Hadwin, and actually I guess I could just show you this. I don't know if I showed you this yet, but the uh, uh, approach numbers. So let's do approaches from, what did I say, 175 to 200 out of the fairway here. There we go. Um, Adam Hadwin is 17th on tour, which is like 12th in this field. Uh, Tom Hoagie's number one. Justin Thomas, number two. Shane Lowry, six. Sorry, I did that wrong. Tom Hoagie's number one on tour and in this field. Justin Thomas is two in the field, fourth on tour. Lowry is third in the field, sixth on tour. That is the accurate statement there. So again, more love for Shane Lowry, more love for Justin Thomas. We get a Tom Hoagie sighting uh, and we get an Adam Hadwin sighting, right? We I, I've talked ad nauseum about his improved approach play. It's been great. And he's doing it in a bucket that is really good for this week. So Adam Hadwin is right here, $7,600. He's played here a lot. Mixed results, um, you know, makes makes the cut more frequently than he misses. His best finish was the 22nd in 2017. I'd argue he's a better player now than he was in any of those years. The bottom of the $7,000 range offers both Honorban Lahiri at $7,100 and Sahith Tagala at $7,100. And these two, I'm pretty excited about. So, um... Tagala, number one, you know he's, and I've talked about this a lot, he's going to be volatile. You're going to see a lot of good results. You're going to see a lot of, of bad results with the, just the style of his of his uh, swing. So he, he piles up a couple of these of these top 10 finishes. Um, he was also on that list of uh, distance from edge of fairway. Keeps the ball in play. Uh, Honorban, on the other hand, I, I think we might be learning something about honor bond right now. So he was, uh, and I'm sure I'll be the first to tell you this quite sour for the vast majority of the year. Now found something, found something at the players where he gained four strokes on approach, three and a half off the tee. Next start after that, plus three on approach plus two and a half off the tee. These are like by far his two best ball striking weeks in a long time. And you could argue this both ways. These are two outliers or he figured something out. I know he adjusted kind of the lead tape uh, on, on the irons, which if that's all it takes, order me a couple rolls. But if this remotely continues, we're in a good spot. If you go back to the uh, 70, uh, the 175 to 200 yards, um, did you also see Sahit there? Yeah, 24th on tour. And I thought Honor Bond was also on that list, but maybe I was thinking about uh, the drives, the distance from edge of fairway. Let's just see real quick here. I thought I saw Honor. Maybe it was clicking through somebody else. I thought I saw. Oh, Honor Bond's four. Okay, yeah, here it is. 44th on tour, which again is probably like 30th in this field. So keep it in play. Uh, both of them kind of keep it in play. And are, we might be seeing a bit of a resurgence from Honor Bond's uh, irons and wedges. So I'm excited about that. Now the $6,000 range, probably one that I just want to like 
kind of fire a lot of darts around, right? I mean, we've seen, what, C.T. Pan, Satoshi Godaira. Uh, we've seen some longer shots win this. They're going to be down here in this $6,000 range, and the guys that are generally down here, generally shorter off the tee, more accurate, they're, they're, they're now live. So this is a weird just... Like, you just can't make Brian Stewart, not that I'm saying Brian Stewart's a great play, but, like, you just can't make Brian Stewart, like, um, $8,500 this week and get away with it. Like, it's just not going to happen. Although, I'll tell you, Brian Stewart is probably not a bad play. <laughs> he finished fifth year in 2014, 16th in 19, 18th in 2021. He finished seventh in Punta Cana, 16th at the Valero. It's probably not a bad play for someone who just um, uh, pounds a lot of fairways. Uh, we got to go back to Bo here for a second. 6800 bucks. Last time we saw him, yes, maybe faded a bit on Sunday, but if you signed up for a you know, $6,500 or whatever Bo cost um, at, at, at the Texas Open, you got a fourth place finish. Again, shorter course, smaller greens, comps to Pebble Beach, starting to make a little bit of sense. Bo Hostler, $6,800. Some of these guys that I'll be, I'll be quite confused on throughout the course of the week, um, Cam Davis, you know, long but kind of sprays it. If they're all playing from the same spot, You'd hope the longer guys have um, a bit of an advantage, but you, the argument is is just if he if he sprays it, he's done. So you've got a wide range of outcomes coming from guys like Cam Davis uh, this week. JT Poston's got top tens in uh, two of the last three years at this event, although he hasn't played particularly great in recent weeks. Just trying to see. I mean, you can make a case for some of these guys, right? Like look at look at the course history for some of these guys. You know, Michael Thompson. Um, three straight cuts made three straight top forties. Two of them were top tens, you know, just guys that kind of play well in some of these, like Kramer Hickok, right? When he's at his best, I say this all the time, it's playing out of the fairway and the weakest part of his game is around the green. That could be a pretty interesting play. So I, I'm just trying to like get more exposure to this range in general, not necessarily in specific names, but like, let me just throw a couple feelers out there and see what happens. Let's run a model and see what happens. How about that? Okay, uh, custom model over at rickrungood.com. Um, this also creates lineups. There was some confusion, I guess, with new people who joined last week. Like, where's the lineup optimizer? It, it's it's here in the custom model. You just you just put in whatever you want, and then you build the lineups. It's a, it's like two parts. It's two things in one. Okay, uh, let's make let's make this really weird. Let's do um, twenty five percent on accuracy, driving accuracy, twenty five percent on one seventy five. To 200. Ooh, now I'm freaky. Uh, I'm going to use weighted strokes gained approach, but because I've already used an approach metrics, I'm a metric I'm not going to use as much. So I'm just going to say 15. So it's going to give me a lot on approach. So with that, I need to um, I need to figure out what to do with my 35 other points here. I don't think I need to be a good scrambler. I don't think I care as much about sand saves. I could argue par four scoring. Because there's one extra four on the par 71. Okay, let's do that. Let's do 20 on f par four scoring, 15 on birdie or better. Uh, I got last 24 rounds loaded in. My number one golfer is... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. My number one golfer is Corey, uh, Colin Morikawa. Number one. Which, like, I literally... You know, this is kind of weird. It's obviously... An, an echo chamber to myself because I am putting in, I, I just talked about guys that I know match the key stats. And then I took the key stats and plugged it into the model and got those guys. So like, obviously I did, but 
It makes sense. Colin Morikawa, number one, by a pretty significant gap. Corey Connors, number two, no surprise there. Joel Damon, three. He's 6800 bucks. Damon showed up on the... Um, what was it, Rick? It was the... Uh, I think he's a very accurate driver of the golf ball. So I think it was the distance from edge of fairway stat that we looked at. Is that right? Joel Damon, yeah. 20th on tour. So, like, 12th in this field. Interesting. He's my third... Highest ranked golfer. Russell Henley for Kevin Na five. He's been hitting his irons well. Webb six, no surprise. Justin Thomas seven. There's Tom Hoagie eight. He falls into that 175 to 200 yard category. Russell Knox nine. Cam Smith 10. Interesting. Very interesting stuff. Just kind of scrolling through. DJ does not rate out well for me. Patrick Cantlay does not. They're 28 and 29, and they're both over $10,000. So that would be a little bit concerning. Just kind of scrolling through and, and looking around. Okay, that's pretty cool. So I've got a little bit of homework to do on Kevin Na. I've got a little bit of homework to do on Tom Hoagie. Although I could argue Hoagie, play him every week, whatever. Uh, and then I've got to decide how to spend my money at the top, although it's appearing like Colin Morikawa. Seems like that's the path. Okay, uh, full regular schedule this week, right? Tuesday and Friday, scramble with Andy. We'll do props. We'll do all that fun stuff. And then also uh, Wednesday's the live chat, 3 p.m. Eastern time, All everything, all that fun stuff. Jock Market Power Hour, 8.15 p.m. on uh, Wednesday night. It's all good. So uh, let me know what you think. Tweet me, at Rick Run Good. Leave a comment below. Best of luck, and I'll talk to you guys soon.